and welcome to the High Ground Podcast. My name is Clee Stacey and I am a life coach. My name is Anthony Turi. I am a therapist and for six episodes we're going to be chewing over what coaching is, what therapy is and uh, our different takes on spirituality and personal development. Welcome to episode four and this week we are talking all about the brain. Uh, We are talking all about how the new, well about the new brain science and how it can be used to support your continual growth. Anthony, straight over to you, what have you got for us? Well before I do that I just want to check in with your Instagram stories uh, (laughs) because as you know I do follow you and I enjoy following you. I've really enjoyed, there's been a lot of emphasis in your stories this week on just feeling it, getting in touch with your body, uh, just staying with the feeling, yeah. moving away from talk and words. Yeah. Uh, and I had an enjoyable thought that in some ways you're actually uh, more gestalt than I am. You're closer to the founders of gestalt therapy than me. How very dare you? I am <laughs> no therapist, I'll have you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you're not the first person in the last week to tell me that my coaching at some time is somewhat therapeutic-like, which obviously had my ego going, fuck off, (laughs) I'm not a therapist, and they're going, oh, maybe it works. Um, Yeah, I'm very into the feeling of what happens and removing the brain uh, somewhat because... I know I have noticed that throughout my life, what I've tried to do is process emotion. I had no idea I was doing this, but process emotion through the brain. And that doesn't work, actually. Processing emotion isn't, and we'll talk about this more next week where we talk about the body, but that's not what we're here to do with our bodies. And so it's interesting because whilst I'm getting more gestalt therapy, and uh, working with my coach and really feeling into that. And you can see my dance. Like if you want to go into my Instagram, the link is in the description. And you'll see even I've got a highlight, a dance video highlight. And if you go from the beginning, which I don't know, it was only a few months ago when I put them on highlights, to now, the dance is very different. Because I am learning to actually not, I'm not dancing, I'm feeling. Um, and so I'm actually getting out of the brain. And yet, I'm also using my brain to retrain my beliefs. So I am using my brain. It's not like I think the brain is completely unnecessary. I know that it's useful. It's just utilized for different things. So what we'll be talking about today is less of the feely stuff in the body and more about the brain and neuroplasticity and neurons and that sort of fun stuff and for me it's all about changing beliefs what about you yeah i mean the two things what you just said there one is as you were talking about you know just feel it i was reminded of uh, you know fritz pearls and a lot of the founders of a guest start therapy and fritz used to um be quite critical of his clients who who got kind of got lost in stories and words and he'd kind of play with them and say oh you, you you're being phony 
stop being so phony, just yeah. telling me the story. And then Gestalt, was, you know, they used to say, still do sometimes, you know, we don't need the story. Just stay with it. You know, Fritz always used to say, stay with it, stay with the feeling. So I just, quite, it's quite humorous to see uh, the overlap between you and, and the founders of Gestalt Therapy. Um, but I think more generally, I, I, I totally accept your point about working with the body, but I think equally, you know, we can only really talk about the brain and the body in tandem uh, for reasons of time and space. We're going to have to divide that into two, but I would urge the listeners to kind of always bear in mind this episode and next week's episode are like two halves of the same, the same half. Um, but I mean, absolutely. I mean, what I'm definitely interested in staying with the body, but what I've also been aware of is that the massive, um, developments in brain science over the last 25 years mm. and while the body is in, is important there's also a lot of evidence that focus and rewiring the brain the brain can be retrained um and that, that i think that's really important um even in terms of well a number of things one is how we perceive the world and we do that for our brain in many respects, affects our own experiences. Yeah. So if somebody says, you know, just stay with your experience, what is your experience? Focus on what you're feeling. There's also a, a step back in before that where I go, well, how we're perceiving the world, and a lot of that is through our brain, uh, affects our actual experience. Mm. Um, I mean, there, there, there's the... So I, I like to, so, so, so the emphasis on, you know, what are your beliefs to, to look at, to ask clients, you know, what, what are your perceptions about what is happening to you? Um, if I can go off on a slight, a slight tangent, but which I think is very relevant, there's the, there's the story of the two builders. Mm. Um, this has been documented in science journals. So even before we look at what's happening in the body, there's one builder who... He was, he was on a building site and he fell off, I think, some scaffolding and he landed on a seven-inch nail, which shot through his foot, shot oh. through the shoe. And um, he had to go, and he was in agonizing pain. And he, he, he was taken to hospital, you know, and given massive amounts of painkillers. I think it practically like horse tranquilizer level. Um, and then they, they, they cut the shoe off and they realized that the seven inch nail had not gone through his foot. It had just gone through between the toes. It had gone through the shoe, but it hadn't actually in any way gone through his actual body. There was no tissue damage. But his brain had perceived uh, the injury, so had communicated that message to his body. Wow. Mm. Mm. so so for me there's a there's a really telling thing in there about you know our perception affects our experience of our our body um and there's another guy he, he was working on a building site he shot himself through the head with a nail gun so one nail got lodged in his cranial cavity um he didn't realize he just thought where's that nail gone 
he didn't re he didn't feel any pain. He didn't realize because he didn't realize it had gone into his head. And then he had some minor toothache a few days later, and he went to the doctor, the dentist, and the dentist took an X-ray, and he's like, uh, "There's actually a nail lodged in your head." That can't um, be true. That's true. There, there is actually uh, it's in scientific journals, and you can see the X-ray photo of the nail in the head. Um, yeah. And he'd experienced no pain um, because he didn't didn't know that there was a nail in his head. So I think those two examples just show mm. the impact of the brain on our body and yeah. on our perceptions. Um, I'm enjoying your reactions and. Uh, Podcast listeners won't be able to see, but but look on your face. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think the body's important, but how we perceive the world's also important. Totally. And which is why it's so important to take, take stock. And this is something I do with my clients. It's like, what are the beliefs that you have that give you the life that you have? Because your life and the way you perceive it is entirely based on the beliefs that you have on what you are seeing in the world and what you're making that mean. Mm. And so my, my coach, who I'm sure will be listening to this, is all, all the feeling, all about the feeling. And mm. I really love working on that. And I really love working with the brain, not against it. Mm. And I think it's really important to remember that like your ego isn't trying to kill you. It's literally doing the opposite. It's trying to, trying to keep you safe and your mm. ego, we call it the ego as if it's like this, this concept, but it's a part of your brain that's trying to keep you alive mm. and anything it's done, anything it's trying to do, any fear. Trying to protect you. Huh? It's trying to protect you. Exactly. It's trying, it's, and it's, Hey, there's a nail in your foot. Yeah. And it's saying, go sort it out. Don't do that again. And every, every fear that it's given you, every belief that it's given you has worked because you are still alive. Mm. So that's why it's hard. It, it can, it's not hard. If we believe it's hard, it's hard. <coughs> it can feel difficult to change those things because you're, that part of your brain is literally has been proven correct that everything that it's done to keep you alive has worked. Mm, 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 mm. And it so goes through different things. It can go through different beliefs that have you take different behaviors that have you take, believe another thing. So it can get quite messy in that one belief can take you into another belief can take you into another belief through different mm. experiences. So sometimes it's unraveling some of those, but ultimately it's all belief based. And I've worked on with several coaches on this and they all say the same thing. Use your brain to your advantage. It's great. It's an incredible tool. It, neuroplasticity is, you know, has, has been known about really recently in re more relative times rather than thinking everything is as it is and we can't change it it's actually probably spirituality uh, and philosophy that has known more about neuroplasticity than mm -hmm. science um, and science has now started catching up which is awesome um, I interrupted you what were you going to say 
I, I was I was interested in um, how you because I mean you're highlighting the thing of beliefs is crucial because yep. our beliefs create our perception and our experience of the world. So what we'll do in, in Gestalt is, you know, delicately unpick those beliefs and kind of mm -hmm. just get, get at the core of them. Um, and I, and then seek to play with developing some new ones, play with, you know, new perspectives right. uh, possible, you know, and, and I think my understanding is you, you do a lot of work on, creating new beliefs or establishing new beliefs shit am i gestalt therapist is this what we're coming to conclude is this the whole point of the podcast is that i'm coming to conclusion that i actually don't hate therapy and i'm actually a fucking gestalt therapist oh my god is it, is it like the usual suspects where we realize that you were you were kaiser soze at the end you oh were <laughs> i mean i i think you guys in coaching probably do it a bit more explicitly than new beliefs like yeah. Uh, in Gestalt, we'll probably unpeel the old ones and play with some new ones. And from my conversations with you, I probably want to experiment a bit more with my clients with actually, you know, let's set up some new beliefs, or which, which I think is something you guys do more explicitly, or you do at least in your practice. Yeah, and the reason I do it is because the coaches that I've worked with have done that too, and that works for me. And my people, my clients, my friends, <laughs> that's what I've noticed works really well, is like, mm. I put this in quotation marks, like saying it as it is, which as it is, is only a perspective and a reality, just a perceived reality anyway, but... By that mean you don't mean as it is now, as it is in terms of how you'd like it to be. Is that what you mean? Uh, I mean in terms of like you talked about how you use you kind of play with the idea of new beliefs. Whereas yeah. I, I, I mean I like to think I play with them, but I don't introduce it as like, well, what would happen if I'm like, okay, these are your old stories that and you what is in your reality right now is because of the beliefs that you have been living and you've been experiencing and you've been running. And if you want something different, you can't get different unless you have different thoughts and different beliefs. And it's not going to feel mm. not going to feel true when you first start using those new beliefs. But that's where you have to start. So yes, I get very clear on, and it's helped me to just be like, and to have that very simple, so simple. Everything I do with my clients just feels so simple. Mm. It's, that was the old one that got you everything you had for right or wrong. There's no right, there's no wrong. You just don't want it. That's okay. You want something different? We just need to change your beliefs. When you detach the feeling from that and it's just, one and two you put it together you, you know that's what it is and that's quite nice to remove to remove the feeling and that's not the, that the brain removes feeling but the brain deals in a lot in logic and patterns and when we play to that part of our brain that makes sense so and it, and when we do that we're also playing to the belief of patterns the belief that the brain likes patterns and the brain likes things to make sense. So you give it that simple pattern, that simple understanding of what you have is literally 
what you perceive life is based on your behave based on your beliefs your thoughts what you consider to be truth mm. truth changes there is no ultimate truth <laughs> and you can change that and it's that simple and that's quite easy for the brain to comprehend i well it took me maybe a little while but it makes sense well i mean there's there's been um my guy who i absolutely adore uh rick hansen mm -hmm. he's um american just wonderful uh scientist but also buddhist expert on the brain very compassionate lovely man man crush wednesday we're recording this on a wednesday i just like a man crush wednesday here Anne. absolutely um and rick is the, is the is the guy who really got me into awareness of the new brain science and mm -hmm. just to your point he makes the point that mri scans show that you can make structural changes in your brain from how you use your mind so so it's, it's not just a case of you know that's just it and the patterns are there you know you we, we can get new structures going we can get new new neural pathways going and that's what um, belief is really right it, that's when we're talking about what a belief is we it's not just when we say it's in our minds, it's physically in your mind. Yeah. Um, and well, the, the, the phrase that's been coming to prominence the last few years is neurons that fire together, wire together. Can, so, you, say that? can you say that again, but slower so we can really get that? Yeah. So neurons that fire together, wire together. What do you mean by that? So I guess in brain terms, a belief is a set of neurons that are connected to each other. Mm -hmm. And neural pathways uh, happen, uh, they, get, they become embedded by one neuron connects to another, connects to another, they, that's called their firing together. And the more these links between the neurons happen repeatedly, they start to wire together mm -hmm. so, that, so that belief becomes more entrenched. The more you think a thought, or the more that neural pathway is used in your brain, the deeper it becomes. So eventually it can become quite, quite an established neural, neural pathway and it can feel like the belief is yeah, very fixed. This is reality. So that's uh, why it's difficult at the beginning when you want to change your mind, when you want to change your belief in something and why if you have a look at any video, lots of people who talk about manifesting law of attraction, not really law of attraction, but manifesting when you, when you use your beliefs to change, they say it doesn't matter if you don't believe it, first of all. It doesn't matter. You never, every belief that you have, you didn't believe at some point. Like everything. Well, in, in Gestalt, we talk about people have fixed Gestalts. So those, those hardened neural pathways, we'd say are fixed gestalts. Yeah. And they would equate to that. And then we say, what we try and do is loosen the fixed gestalts. So it's about creating new neural pathways and getting some new sets of neurons to fire together. Yeah. So just, you know, just playing with some new, which is what you do with playing with new beliefs and new yeah. ideas. But again, there's, there's two bits to that. Is one is um, it has to be done... And this relates to what we were talking about with the affirmations as well. In yeah. previous episodes. It has to be done, uh, I guess, sincerely, but also repetitively. 
Like yeah. the more the more you use an affirmation, the more you embed a belief, the more you give a chance for those neurons in your brain to wire together. Yeah. Um, but the, the the biggest game the biggest game changer for me though, uh, I've been really keen to get this 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 one into the episode is <laughs> the, the thing I got from Rick Hansen's work. Um, and the thing, and I share this with my clients all the time, and it impacts them just as much as it impacts me, um, is, is the fact that the brain has a negativity bias. Yes. So it's a sponge for negative experiences. And um, it actually it can be a sieve for positive experiences. And the reason for that is because of evolution. We've still got basically the similar brain structure to our ancient ancestors. And in the olden time, you know, caveman, you see a, a lion coming at you. You don't have 20 or 30 seconds to think about it. You've got one second and you have to make a, a decision. So negative experiences go straight in. They take one second to get absorbed. Yeah. But the big game changer is... <coughs> Rick makes the point that to take in a positive experience takes 20 or 30 seconds. Wow. So, so I've been using that in my work all the time. And that's where I've kind of shifted a bit because originally the emphasis in Gestalt was on, you know, just stay with what is, don't be, don't be directive, stay with whatever they're experiencing. But because of this negativity bias, if we just stay with what is, we can just get more of what is, which crosses over with the law of attraction, right? Yeah. Um, so I, while I seek to give space for client difficult experiences, I also work consciously with them. And I tell them this fact and I say, okay, so what, you know, what, 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 what's been happening that's been good in your life? Tell me about some positive experiences. Really take it in. Okay, let's spend 20 seconds. Let's spend 30 seconds. Really drinking that in, soaking it in, allow it to sink into your body. Um, and Rick talks about doing that six a day, 30 seconds, wow. staying with a positive experience, really drinking it in, allowing yourself to absorb it. Um, and that, that builds resources for, you know, so it's resources from the client's own life, yeah. um, which, which I love working with my clients on, on, you know, finding things that fit for them. Yeah. But I, I just love that fact. That's a game changer for me. Totally. And I, it's, it's funny. I think we all know these things innately. Uh, so many of the things that, that I hear in person development. And mm. uh, I remember thinking a long time ago, I remember really getting like, my brain wants to keep me alive. So it's, it's, it's stay alert. Like it's, it's yeah. keeping me alert for all the things that might kill me. Yeah. And and that program, that base, very base program still exists and will exist in every human because that's how you stay alive. Um, mm, 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 and it's really important to be there and we, we don't want to get rid of it. But now that most of us are quite safe, most of us listening to this podcast have food in our fridge. We have a roof over our head. We probably have a job corona times it's hard but we're all resourceful we're all probably you know in first world countries doing pretty well um we don't really have to worry about dying 
and yet that part of our brain is consistently active and now it doesn't have to worry about lions so it finds things to worry about it finds ways to make sure we're protected and it's the reason why public speaking is like the number one fear of most people higher than death itself which is odd but makes sense because it's not the experience of death most people are afraid of it's the the being thrown out of a tribe it's being it's not belonging and the effect of the not belonging and the pain of the not belonging being thrown out into the savannah and then eaten by a lion right so it's the not belonging that's the pain and the not belonging creating death that is the pain that is the negative experience so again that's why we don't want to be lonely it's why people have attachment issues it's it's the base it's why this stuff happens for almost everyone you can't get away from it um and that's okay you're a human with a human brain welcome welcome to humanness um what what i enjoy about our conversations is um apart from the fact that you're actually a very good guest out therapist without realizing it is uh <laughs> saying that because we're affirming it <laughs> I'm just going to say it and make you think about it for 30 seconds. So if I keep talking about it, it's a fight together. But what I enjoy is um, you kind of intuitively hit, hit on stuff that um, the scientists talk about. So I've, I've got my you know, official list of you know, the three parts of the brain and you've, you've kind of touched upon them there. So it was very interesting what you were talking about because they've identified that they call it the trion brain, the old, the three part brain. The oldest part is the lizard brain, yeah, the yeah. reptilian one. And for that, that's just about avoiding harm. Which is why it's so quick, right? Yeah. That's why it's so quick. And it's why when we, the things that we want to be able to go and do, we're like, why can I just not do it? Why, why is it so scary? Why can't I not just breathe through it and be able to do it? It's like, because you have a brain that literally thinks it's you're about to die like and it doesn't it, it's not going to take you can't it's not you've not got 30 seconds to play with it it's instant yeah and and that's why i mean that that's the oldest part of the brain avoiding harm and that's why in therapy our first priority is establishing safety creating a safe container we talk about the safe emergency in terms of experiments, but safety comes first. Um, there's a lovely phrase, no safety, no therapy. Because if, if, if the client doesn't feel safe, they're not really gonna open up and yeah. trust you. Um, and we do that establishing safety by, you know, just building rapport, being available for contact, having clear boundaries, um, confidentiality, all of those things, you know. Mm. Um, and the second part of the brain is the mammalian brain, and that's all about approach. It's, it's all about trying to get rewards. Mm -hmm. So if you look at that in therapy terms, there's got to be something in it for a client. You know, there's got to be something, there's got to be a reward. There's got to be a sense of, oh, we're, we're getting somewhere. Um, so I guess with your, the goal setting, that there's a bit of a pro, you know, the reward based stuff in that, but, what I liked when you were talking then about, um, you know, we've got pretty much 
most of what we need. And, and especially with traumatized clients, I often go through um, the different parts of the brain. I say, okay, lizard brain, you know, you're actually, do you feel safe now? The reward system, the second part of the brain, we kind of go, well, you know, you've got pretty much what you need to eat. You've got cloves, you've got the, you know, you've got the key things in your life. You know, most of the time, this is a point Rick makes again, most of the time we're actually okay and we've got everything we need, you know. In this and moment. In this moment. And that's the thing about, and let's just pause for a moment and let's just take that in. Let's really just drink that in. Because it's just one second to kind of become activated. But hold on. Right now, hmm. we're safe. You know, right now, not under threat. Right now, we've got the food we need. You know, we're well enough to be able to be recording a podcast or listening to one. You know, things are, things are basically okay. And as I've spent the 20 seconds, 30 seconds talking about that, and I noticed you took an out breath, mm. I noticed my own body, kind of because the brain and body are connected, kind of calming down and, just getting into a place of more ease, you know. So, so these are these are things I talk about explicitly. Um, and then just the third part is the the third part of the brain is the the neocortex, the human side. And for that part of the brain, and you hit on this as well, attachment. <laughs> so, so attachment is crucial. Um, so it was interesting how you mentioned all three of those things in your, you know, the things you were talking about that you knew intuitively. Um, but I guess for us, in terms of attachment, um, one is the relationship between therapist and client, coach and client is absolutely crucial. And then the other thing is relationship is what a lot of clients bring to our work as well. well. Absolutely. But, yeah. And it's so important. It's one of it's, I think it's one of the reasons why I wanted to go into first of all therapy and then coaching because I, I love relationships and I love that the relationship is so important and that it's it's part of the work yeah. <laughs> and and the the more successful you become in any area of life I think is when you get to grips with the fact that relationship is one of the most important things that's in success whether it's relationship with other humans which obviously is important or the being able to reflect and understand the relationship you have with something or someone or some if that makes sense like relationship how you relate to other things other people other concepts and this that's a bigger conversation in itself but to bring it back yeah to the relationship between me and my clients is is a lot of what creates transformation yeah and and and, and that's where i'd respectfully uh defend uh good therapy yeah because um, there's therapy in this therapy right and <laughs> but I, I i think good therapy is one in which you know the therapist creates a safe container and the therapist attunes. They just attune to how the client is feeling. And in that respect, I think in, 
it's it's often more important than any explicit goals being set. Yeah. Just the sense of attuning to a client's emotional state. And again, there has been evidence now and discussions about how for a client who hasn't been attuned to very well in the past, that can actually create a different experience in the brain. You know, rewiring starts to happen. Yeah. Once yeah. you have a consistent relationship with somebody, with a therapist who is there and is tuned into you and gets you, new neural pathways start to develop and you start to have the experience of being got and that in itself is healing totally and it i love how you, i was just thinking we need to bring this back to the brain and the science and, and that is exactly what it is as i th i think that therapists and coaches we have a lot of responsibility in the most wonderful way because it's not mm -hmm. just healing to me it's 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 reparenting it truly is reparenting because those very deep beliefs come from our parents, come from being children. And we are taught that it's not safe to cry. It's not safe to be yourself. It's not safe to go out and play. It's not safe to do lots and lots of things. Mm. And the, the, the ult for me, the ultimate job of the coach or the therapist is to create a space where you can be completely you so that you can test and play the beliefs that you want to have and then find, stop Sorry, it. Sorry, you're not a therapist. Stop it, I can see your face. <laughs> um, and and from, that, from that place as a coach, <laughs> I'm getting it in there. As a coach, that is the basis of what we do. And then we build on top of it with goals and moving towards things so that it's as if, you know, you were a child and it's like, if you have all your needs met and you can do whatever you want, what do you want to do? What do you want to, how do you want to play today? How do you want to, what, what's your goal today? How do you want to achieve it from a super safe space? I'm going to challenge you. If you say you want this thing, I want to help you get there. But if you're playing it, too safe you're feeling safe but also that's a bit scary you know parents will in my opinion as a non-parent good parents will encourage their kids to take risks yeah and 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 it, and it comes from the 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 the, the, the grounding in safety yes yeah. well i mean what you've spoken about though it also a kind of allays i guess some of my out of awareness skepticism about coaching and because I probably came into it with a perception that coaching just looks at goals and it doesn't look at the foundations, you know, the emotion doesn't build the, the deep foundations in terms of what are the emotions underlying those goals? What are the beliefs? Yeah. What are the life experiences that have led you to that? You know, how can we create enough safety where you feel held to then explore your goals? But I guess like therapy, there are coaches and there are coaches. Absolutely. And, you know, whichever coach, coaching course you do is different will teach you different things has different focuses and uh i just i reopened um michael serwa's book he's a high-end life coach um who i worked as a virtual assistant for for a couple of years and his book starts with you know coaching is about goals <laughs> keep oh yes i know um and he talks about how 
if you having goals like not having goals is like having a boat with no sail you don't know where you're going you'll you might go somewhere but if you don't set where you're going you might end up somewhere you don't want to be and i really love that and it's not necessarily and, and you know the winds will pull you different direction if there's a storm it will take you a new direction and sometimes you have to go and find new places and you get stranded on islands and different things will happen and sometimes there's no wind and you stay in a place for a while you have to explore and and that's all good but goals you're on your way to somewhere and i was thinking in the shower this morning if i had everything i wanted would i even would i be happy and is having everything i want does that actually have anything to do with happiness itself and you'd probably find new things to want at that point and, and that's my thought i actually think it's two 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 slightly two different things your brain wants to move your brain wants to keep doing things your brain is always going to try and keep you safe the brain is always going to be working and moving and giving you thoughts try and meditate and don't have thoughts you can't do it it's not possible um what the even the, the monks in the in the himalayas they get like five seconds they're like yep five seconds of no thoughts and then you go oh look i'm not thinking oh fuck <laughs> you know um so it's not about not thinking. It's not about turning off the brain. That's not an option. It's about utilising it in an effective way where you can have fun and use it to direct life to be good and fun and perceive life as a thing that's challenging and with opportunity and goals are to be got and achieved but not for the sake of the goal itself mm, mm. and i think now we in our human brain we can perceive that i don't think we could have done that with a very basic animal brain you know animal brains don't think i'm going to enjoy myself it's not what it's about it's just you just are or you aren't um mm. So we, we're lucky to have human brains. We're lucky to have evolved brains, even though it, it sometimes feel like our different parts of our brains are fighting each other. Definitely what it can feel like. Um, but that's why it's useful to kind of bring them together and accept and love each of them for what they are. And, and I, am I gestalting again? I, I guess the, the point I just... <laughs> pop in there as well and i think we're probably on the home straight for this episode mm. though is that our brains are also malleable so are malleable, yeah and we can create and establish new beliefs you know we can get new new neural circuits going so there's a great deal of uh, hope and optimism for me from from that one totally and just like your body changes a lot during mm. different ways like our bodies change so much so fast so fast our brains do the same and i think maybe the perception that it doesn't is because we don't give it the option to mm. is that we can't physically see it in our mind you can't see the neurons doing different things but they are mm. 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 and that somehow is really powerful and again we're using analogy we're using metaphor to to wire new neurons where mm. this conversation is firing new neurons even consistently listening to this podcast 
is going to help you find new neurons things that we've, we've, yeah. we've we've been repeating stuff and that's no bad thing that's why it's really useful to listen to people who repeat the same thing over and over again you know we don't just learn something by taking it in once um, it's why you don't read a book once necessarily if you really want the information you go over it it's why at school you revise you don't take it at once and then they go all right that's it now go and do the exam but no we need to really take it in use it use the information practice it in different ways really embed those pathways so that you don't think about them anymore mm -hmm. and that happens in so many places in our life we talk about practice that's what practice is we are practicing firing those neural, neural pathways until they're so normal that it just happens and you can do that with riding a bike you can do that with a morning routine you can do that with thought patterns and i'll, I'll do that i'll do that with my clients uh you know we'll, we'll set up um positive experiences that have happened for them and you know do the 20 second 30 second thing and practice that and then i'll i'll invite them to do that over the week you know yeah. 30 seconds each day a few times a day replay that replay that positive event in your mind replay the positive picture of how you'd like to be uh really let it sink in and that repetition that gentle easy repetition really does have a positive impact i find yeah. Yeah, I love it. I think repetition and consistency, you know, as as I help a lot of clients with their business as well, and you know, if, and in any part of life, consistency is key. Why is consistency key? Why? Because for our own personal brains, safety. Yeah, we need to learn that it's safe. We need to keep doing it. We need to create the experience. We need to create those neural pathways for mm. ourselves and other people and other people so it's why consistency is is powerful consistency is just affirmation it's just repetition it's the same thing it's the same word it's a thing no one likes to do but everyone is actually doing you just need to do it in a way that's actually going to get you the result right yeah 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 people are repeating ideas all the time anyway so just just direct that ship in, in, a, in a more healthy You are health. already successful at creating your life with your thoughts. That's how I like to look at it. You are already highly successful at creating your life, creating your business, creating a relationship with, the th with your thoughts. Everything you have right now is directly based on the thoughts that you have been having. Mm. You're already successful. So great, awesome. Now just put a different input in and get a different output direct them in a different way yeah, yeah. Play, play with new thoughts exactly mm, mm. I, th I think we're kind of pretty much at a wrap point for this episode i think so i think so thank you so much for listening guys this one's been super fun and uh last week i made a little bit of a boo-boo this week was supposed to be about the body but i got too excited and we got straight into the brain too early but next week we are all we're talking all about the body um, we're talking all about how it's helpful to get out of your head and most of you listening will already know a little bit about this if you know either me or Anthony um, but we're going to talk a little bit more about it and by thinking about how we can understand trauma what body work really is 
Um, healing from the bottom up. No, not your butthole. Your body, your the bottom of your actually bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And what embodiment really means. Mm. Like, the word embodiment is thrown around so much, especially in the spiritual world and like anyone getting into it. It's like, what the, what the hell is embodiment? <laughs> I didn't really understand. Um, and we will be having a very special guest, the wonderful and my best friend uh, and embodiment expert, Jolie Franklin. So I'm super excited to get her on next week. Mm, I'm really looking forward to that, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful topic and... Jolie knows her stuff too, so uh, and it'll be it'll be a lovely compliment to what we spoke about today. And the body's so so fruitful and, and crucial in, in in this type of work. So I'm excited. Me too. Thanks for listening, guys. Please like, share, follow, subscribe where wherever you are. We would love to have any feedback, any thoughts, and just to see what you got from this. Have mm. a wonderful rest of your week, and we will check in with you again next week. Bye. Thank you so much.